know that there is something magical inside of you, but you don't know how to uncover it? The Heart Sing Podcast is dedicated to just that, helping you put yourself first and figure out what lights you up. I'm your host, Addie B, aka Slayer of Namaslayer, and through my journey of losing nearly 100 pounds, uncovering the magic of my soul, and building the life of my dreams, I'm leaving no stone unturned in the process of self-discovery. And I'm here to share it all with you. So let's get started. Welcome back, Heart Singers. Slayer here, also known as Addie B, the hostess of the mostest here of the Heart Sing podcast, and hoping to bring you some little nuggets today. And I can't tell you how many just small little nuggets of information I picked up on my journey that turned into these huge paradigm shifts. Just one little thought you can hear that can change your perception of everything. And I hope there's some nuggets in today for you. I am diving into the spiritual realm and weight loss realm, as we do here on the Heart Sing podcast. I was called to go back to the Upanishads, where many of you longtime listeners may be familiar with the Preya and Shreya story, comes from this marvelous book on Indian spirituality. I will link it below in the show notes for you again. And to bring those of you up to speed, first, let me tell you, I am at my lowest weight since high school. That's right. I'm almost 50. I'll be 50 this year in November, and I am 183. I have not ever been this low in my adult life. So this is very exciting for me. And you know I spent my childhood overweight, but I was very active in athletic, and I I always thought I carried it well, even though it was always a source I struggled to seek the answers to, which is what we are doing here. And I'm finally uncovering the answers for me and my truth and sharing with you guys as we go. So I know there's going to be some nuggets in here because we can't help but to have them when we are daring to take this journey to seeking this something different inside. And the Upanishads, you guys, these are... um you don't even want to say old books, right? But it's old Indian mysticism, and it's presented in the context of a mythic story that we can all relate to. But the this is from the, what's called the Katha Upanishad, and they're hard to under for us to understand. So Iswaran, the person that wrote this book, has translated them for us. And here's a quote just to kind of give you an essence of the book from the Katha the Upanishad, from the Upanishad itself, right? A translation. Get up, wake up, seek the guidance of an illuminated teacher and realize the self. Sharp like a razor's edge, the sages say, is the path difficult to traverse. And this, my friends, is the path we're on. And I am here to share with you my path on this through my portal being my body through this weight loss quest, traversing this path into my spiritual self, into finding my highest self and my purpose while getting my body in alignment. We will also talk today a little bit about 
depression and excitement, meditation. And as I was reading this book, I was called back to it. I was just laughing. Every time I go back to these deeper books, any self-help book, really, when I go back and I do it again after I've grown, I have an entirely different perspective and experience, and I learn all over again. I was just laughing as I read through chapter one and two again, and the story I'm going to share with you today about our body being like these ancient cities and how we can relate that to our weight loss quest. But how much of this book, I'm like, it's a weight loss book. It's just so crazy to me. So to bring our listeners up to speed that might just be joining us here today, the Prey and the Shreya story, because I'm probably going to throw Prey and Shreya around. In fact, we need t-shirts along with witches and bitches on the back that say Prey and Shreya on the front and with like big arrows going both ways. To sum up the Prey and Shreya story, I'll link an episode below that has the longer version. But we have this young teenager that's like the star of the this Upanishad, and he's off on a, seeking the answers to death like these key answers that we're all seeking, right? Who am I? Why am I here? There's got to be a greater purpose. What's the secret to to death? What's immortality, right? What happens beyond this existence in this body if we're not this body? All these questions. So this punky teenager goes off on this quest to talk to the king of death. And in the process, he wins over the king of death and the king of death ends up teaching him these quests and these meaning, meaning of life. And then he shares the story about our bodies being the chariot and we're the driver inside. We're like the passenger inside the chariot and our horses are out front running the race. And those are our five senses gobbling everything up in the world. And we come to a path. Each and every decision in each moment of the day, there's a path. And the path to the right or left, whatever way you want to pick, up and down, doesn't really matter what direction it goes. But one path is Shreya. The other path is Preya. Preya is your sexy wine witch, your your Netflix Nelly, like whoever that, whatever that thing is to you that like looks so appealing that it looks like, oh, just come over here and enjoy this. This is going to be so much fun. You're going to feel so good when you go do this thing over here. That thing is Preya. That is what will distract you from Shreya, which is going to be the choice is like, let's go to the gym and lift weights not quite as sexy. You know, most of the time Shreya is not as sexy as Preya until it becomes something that is a habit within you perhaps to where you're getting rewarded on it. But at the beginning, Shreya is never as sexy as Preya. So we just kind of like to joke around about that. Oh, Preya was in town again, right? Preya showed up. Okay, dear listener, now that you're up to speed on the Preya and Shreya, because I'm quite sure I'll be throwing those two around, we are going to start with your story of the day. So just kick back and enjoy this. This is kind of fun to picture this, your body, your being as a city of 11 gates. And I'm going to open just with reading you this passage from Eswaran's um, Upanishad's translation. And this is from chapter three called, appropriately, The City of Eleven Gates. So he talks here about, he says, opens the chapter with this. The journey into consciousness begins at the physical level, the level of the body. Most of us take it for granted that this is what we are. 
that I am my body. When my body dies, I die. How we came to believe this superstition is a great mystery. The most grievous case of mistaken identity I can imagine. You guys, this just goes straight back to the body being the portal. <laughs> like there is so much ancient wisdom in this old spiritual and spirituality just in general. And this is why I am so set on this spiritual weight loss journey that through this quest of healing my body and getting healthier with how I'm honoring myself, putting food in it, taking care of my mind and taking care of my physical activity more, I putting me first for the first time really and probably my life, you know, since I was young anyway, really truly understanding how to honor my inner self and the why gathering this knowledge along the way. And that's what all of this information can do for you. It's the knowledge before you have the experience of it that brings you to the place of wisdom where now you are this person that is being and really living a conscious life where actions are conscious, that we're not just blindly making the choices anymore. And here's the trick, you guys. As we head into greater and greater consciousness, you can't unsee it. And then you can see everything you do. And then you just make healthier, better choices because now you're watching yourself. You become the observer of self. And that, my friends, is really what the city of 11 gates is all about, is about that observer inside. Okay, so let's talk about this city. I want you to picture an ancient city from, you know, maybe you can picture this in movies you've seen or something where you've got the kind of castle, the big citadel in the middle surrounded by the gates to the city, like game, think Game of Thrones, right? Like we've got this big wall around the city and at each of uh, each place around this wall, there's a big gate and a big towers around the gate, right? That are guarding the gates, people coming in. We're protecting these things coming in from the outside. And you have 11 of these gates around. Now think about your, just like your skin has a protective layer, this outer wall of the fortress is like the skin on your body, the skin that houses everything within it, just like the walls do. And it's also a protective layer from the outside. And the gates are those portals that stop outsiders from coming in. And so like on that, on our bodies, we have 11 gates and we have um, our mouth, <laughs> which is our biggest gate for a problem a lot of us have, right? That we're here to solve uh, putting food in it, right? Like things we ingest into our body. This is a gate, a portal inside your body. Your eyes are a portal inside your body. Your nostrils, there's two there. So think so far, we've got one mouth, two eyes two nostrils, two ears, another way in your body you can hear. You have one, you know, poop hole. We like to make use of that before a weigh-in day. <laughs> Sorry, not very good way to say that. And you have one way to, uh, you know, get the magic on if you know what I'm saying. Okay, a reproductive entry hole. So now we have, how many is that, you guys? Who's counting? We have five, six, seven, eight, nine. And then the 10th gate in, he talks about being the umbilical cord. And this is only open at birth. And the other portal is used in the case of death. 
and we're given these portals. And it's said the great masters can summon up their prana on will to leave their bodies when death is imminent. So this space is at the crown of the head. And this one, he says, probably corresponds to the sagittal suture, this tiny fissure that divides the bones of the skull at the very crown of the head. And it is said that the great masters can summon up this prana at will. And this is where they leave through, they can leave through that little suture. So when the body is done with its time, they can just be like, okay, life force energy, let's go right? Here we are. We're just going to leave this body now. And I can see this. The greater my separation from my body becomes, and maybe that's not the right term because I am closer to my body in it now that I'm actually embodying my body (laughs) because I think I'm starting to understand this now. I've tried to look up embodiment before and felt like I understood, but I didn't really have the experience. And so the more I come to live in this embodiment, it's different the more separated I become, the more I'm living through the joy of my body. And as I surrender, remember, that's my word of the year, you guys, I'm yielding to this excellence within working to do each thing I do through my life force energy, through my my prana, but also from my source, from this, my my soul, my, my God, she, universe, life force magic, whatever you want to call it, creating from this place and embodying this light each and every day and trying to do this in each and every moment. And the more and more I work on my body, the closer I get to this because I'm actually taking, doing things like sitting in meditation more, being in yoga more, being in nature more, because these are the things I do as I take care of my body more. It's been amazing. So as I'm also releasing the seriousness of this game we call life, right? Like I had to write to myself like four times yesterday. I was just kind of having one of those mud days. I'm like, stop being so serious, Slayer. Lighten up. I tell you guys all the time, my favorite yoga teacher, or not yoga, meditation teacher, which is also yoga, but not to confuse you guys, Roger Gabriel says that. He said that to all us uh, meditation students. He said, you know what enlightenment means, you guys? Lighten up. (laughs) Because then it's just a big laugh fest. It's just fun. Just think of that release you have when you are no longer identifying with your body. When you aren't your body, when you're not the habit that is consuming you, when you can see it, when you can observe it, and when you can exercise your active will and start to become a new version of you and start to work on this path to greater consciousness. And so throughout this chapter and the one before, he's dropping in all kinds of food references, which of course made me think about all of us using that portal of the mouth, that gate at the mouth. And he talks about, you know, you have this citadel, and this is where your separation of self is, right? The citadel in the the middle of the city where who would be in there? The king or queen, typically, right? And that we are this king or queen that's in this castle to observe, like ruling, supposed to be ruling the kingdom. But we're not. 
We're busy out at the gates letting everything in, being like, ooh, I want some more of that, some more of that, some more. Oh, what do my eyes see over here at gate seven? Right? What do my what does my mouth want over here? Let me get some more of that energy. Let me get more, more, more of it. And as we're getting more of all of these things that we're we're so consumed within our world now, right? Between your emails and social media and Netflix and eating and being in communication with people, we are constantly consuming all day long. And so we're not ruling the kingdom. So who's in the castle? There's a bunch of vagabonds in there sleeping in our beds. We need to kick them out. We need to get back in charge of this castle. Because what happens when you are not in control of your castle and all the gates are wide open? Think of everything entering that you might not want in. I mean, there's a reason they had gates back in the day to protect the city, right? And all of the hustle and bustle that goes inside the city. That is what he called, uh, what do he say? The Grey's Anatomy. I thought that was a great analogy. Just like really busy hustling going on inside there. So your body's this efficient machine, right? It's meant to like, think of all the things it does. It's got inside of us. It's got people running around, take, taking out waste and cleaning out arteries and keeping things moving throughout. But when we let all our gates open and we let everything in, the things in our mind, in our, in our food, in our bodies, in other areas, when we're allowing things to enter that aren't serving us, what happens to that flow in there? to our microbiomes, to our gut health. All our little microbes in there are like going crazy trying to keep everything together. And when we're eating so many times a day and we're not giving our body a sense to rest and clean things up, they're like, hey, give me a break in here. And this is what happens when we're eating six to 10 times a day, right? When is your body resting? Besides when you sleep and are hopefully not eating. When is your body clearing out this space? Maybe that can be your little nugget. Picture your little city inside of there, cleaning out space as you take breaks between meals to allow digestion, allow the cleansing and the cleaning of your body and allowing yourself to get get this greater separation of self, starting to realize I don't have to let everything and I'm in the keeper of the gate. I don't even need to be at the gate. I rule my kingdom from inside the castle. How can I fortify my gates? And so this is where the prana comes in. And your prana being your life force energy, you guys, this is that magic part we talk about, right? Like if you're dead and you're lying there on the slab of the table and your body's like your body, but you're no longer there, what's that part that is no longer there? That thing that was keeping you alive, that thing that was alive within you before your body left this world, right? What is that thing, that prana, that energy that surges within you that comes only from within? And you can only have prana go out your gates. It doesn't come in your gates. So it'll only seep out of them. So as he talks about, as excitement goes, you get excited about something. We get excited about, oh, I created that computer program. Oh my gosh, so good. Look at what I did. It's awesome. I'm like on a high, 
This is corporate addy energy, right? I'm producing, 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 and I'm inputting all the things. I'm learning things. I'm creating. I'm in this high energy vote, this excitement. He's like, depression is straight on the heels of it. And here's why. And for those of you that deal with depression, this is something so cool to think about. And look, I'm not a doctor. I am in no way telling you to get off your depression medication and do what the Upanishads are telling us about here. But let me tell you, this was just such a great nugget. And I wasn't even sure what I was going to talk about today, you guys, but I have had three coaching sessions this week that I've needed to use this information I'm sharing with you today. I'm like, okay, universe, that couldn't be any clearer. Let me rate to the Upanishads. And then I've already had three conversations about this information and about our prana, our energy, and how to be preventative against our energy escaping us. So I know when I go into that excitement corporate addy mode, how I need to prepare and what I can do to better manage myself on the other side so I don't head into a depression. Because what happens when we hit depression mode? We close down, we shut down. This is the Addy that doesn't want to get out from under the covers. And yes, I might not have that as much as someone that has like clinical depression or something like this. I really don't know much about that. But I can tell you from the description of this that Addie who wants to stay on the covers and shut the world out and not do anything but get lost in something else is depressed, right? Like I don't want to do any of the things. And so he gives us some first aid measures, which I'm going to share with you here, and then also some preventative measures. Okay, so he talks about for first aid, the goal is to get the window open. Okay, because cause we're we're inside now and we've shut everything down. We don't want to let anything in because we're just like paralyzed from exerting all our prana out all our gates. We've exerted it all. So now we just want to shut down, not let anyone or anything in. And he's telling us that you need to do exactly what you don't want to do. You need to go be with other people, work with them, make yourself take an active interest in what they're doing and saying. And you might feel fake, but make yourself smile, be physically active. All of these things turn our attention away from ourselves by directing it outward. You're drawing directly on the will when you're doing this, which puts prana back in our tank. So as the tank fills, your senses and your mind get revived and your sense windows open. And once that happens, the depression's gone and you're alive again. So that's the first aid. That's like triage if you're in that to like kind of just go force yourself to do these things you don't want to do. And I see this work over and over again when I don't want to get up. It's like just peek that toe out of from under the covers. Just get up. Just brush your teeth. Just move to your yoga mat. Just do that one next little thing. And then I move through and I start to move through that. And through that free will, I'm replenishing that prana, that life force energy. And even more important, though, he's talking about are these preventative measures because your depression is an energy crisis and we can avoid it by conserving gas, which we all want to do right now, right? What are ways we waste prana? 
overeating and essentially through the desire to eat and with wild movements in the mind, anger, resentment, worry, facilitation. I know some of you, all you do is worry. All you do is think, and what is worry? But to use your imagination for a future act that has not yet happened, but you perceive a negative outcome. Hear that. It hasn't happened and you're spending all your time thinking about it. You are depleting your energy, which is taking you into where? Depression. It's like this big round circle. And know that wherever there is excitement, depression has to follow. As surely he says, as sitting in a parked car with your foot on the accelerator, it has to burn up gas. We can burn a whole tank full of prana simply in our minds, dwelling on ourselves, magnifying personal problems, replaying the past. Sound familiar, you guys? Worrying about the future, inflating your desires, withdrawing into private, never, never land of fantasies. Hello, Netflix. (laughs) All waste incredible prana. (sighs) Mic drop, witches and bitches. Am I right? Think about this. Think about all the sources of your energy that are just going out these gates. They're just flooding out your gates because you, I, we are not taking the time. We are not creating the time, (laughs) right? Because we have it. Don't tell me you don't have it. You're just not making it important to take these preventative measures to do these things that'll serve you. And what are the things that serve us, right? The way of prayer and shreya, not overindulging our senses, any of these senses of the mind, of your sight. He talks about us losing prana just by window shopping. Think about that. I was thinking about that. I'm like, you know, that's happened to me all the time. I just go in a store and I'm like, I'm not going to buy anything, but I go home exhausted. I'm tired. I'm exerting energy. It takes my life force energy out of my eyes. Think about what you are expending energy on through these portals, through your gates that are inputting things into your body, right? But only your prana can go out. You're not inputting any of that energy. Your prana only goes out. So think about that. And every time you use your free will, Every time we use that, we're replenishing our life force energy. You're building up that meter. Tick, 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 tick. You're filling up the gas tank. And then we're going to conserve the gas and taking care of ourselves more and more helps keep us in that place. And we heal ourselves from things like anxiety and depression. And the weight falls off. This is what we say happens on this journey. It becomes less about the food. You can ask everyone in the sisterhood that's been losing weight. So I just feel so good now. And it's not about the weight. It's not about it. We track it. We set the goal because we want to give it a direction. And we create a dream and a vision. And we picture our future self. And then we make the decisions that are not easy to make in the moment because they're they're Shreya and not Praya. And remember, Praya is a sexy little bee. I'm going to tell you guys something because <laughs> I can't believe I'm going to tell you this, but I tell you everything. So 
Bratyacharya, which is one of the um, yamas or niyamas, one of one of those. So it is this um, typically called a withdrawal of sex, basically, right? And so, like keeping that part of your life force being a portal to your highest self to your energy. And I never, I didn't really understand this. Again, it was knowledge without the experience. As I'm practicing this next level of my meditation experience, and also not having had sex for quite a long time, just so you guys know, and just haven't, I'm not in a relationship, I just haven't felt inclined to, but I still have this energy. And I am able to pull this energy up through the chakras, this kundalini energy, I can totally see why it takes you to another level. And I can tell you this, the results I get when I blow my pineal gland, blow any orgasm out of the water, like it is an orgasm of the brain. So just a little something to look forward to on your journey. That was a little bit of a squirrel, but one I'm sure you guys will all appreciate. Let me know as you're spitting out your coffee at home. I want to hear about it. <laughs> so we have all this confusion going on in our bodies. Like we're eating something and you're opening the gate and we're putting more food in it. And your body's like, whoa, 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 whoa. We're processing the pancakes from breakfast and now you're chucking some brownies in here. You just disrupted the whole system that's going on. And then we just keep piling stuff up and all of a sudden we got a bunch of junk in the foyer of the city and we're not even ruling our castles. So how do we get to this place where we're ruling our castle again? And that's what we're doing in the Me First group, right? We're working on these small, tiny changes because it's overwhelming if you say, okay, that's great, Slayer. Now, how do I go from like having zero control over my fortress to now I'm ruling it, right? Like, how do we go from that space of, I feel like I have no control at all to, oh my God, I am living life through the ecstasy of my soul, through the joy of being. How the hell do we go from there to there? And you can do this through managing your mind, your body, your heart, your soul on your way to your weight loss goal. God, you can't write this stuff, you guys. It's just so good. It's so true. And I just want you to feel it as much as I know it to be true in my soul. And that you are on this path too, no matter where you are, listener, no matter where you are hearing this from right now, you are on this path with me, my sister. And we are going to light this world up because guess what you uncover at the end of in this journey on this road? On this quest of the weight loss, the long elusive goal we've all had in some aspect. I don't know, even my skinny friends have body and weight issues. As you start to increase the separation of self, you become queen of your own castle. Guess what starts to happen? You start to live a more conscious life. You start to rule your fortress. You start to say, Shreya, let's go. Praya, sayonara, bitch. Wine wench, you're out of here. See you in the next life. When I got to do this all over again, when my soul decides this is a good idea to come have fun in a body again. <laughs> all right, my dears. I think that's all I got in me for today. All my prana is oozed out into you guys, but I am lit. I am just on fire. I hope you guys can feel this. And a lot of that is all of you. I can just feel the energy and I can feel this whole... <sighs> 
this whole what we're doing at Namaslayer in the HeartSing podcast community and in the circle of the witches and bitches of the Me First Sisterhood and the Academy, I can just feel all of this moving towards something so much bigger than I can ever even imagine yet. But I am working like I'll get out to imagine it. And listen, I'm not going to have sex for a long time just so I can imagine more and keep blowing my pineal wad. <laughs> I can't believe I published this shit. <laughs> oh my gosh, you guys. Okay, well, maybe don't tag your mother in this episode, but tell all your friends and share, share, share away. Reviews, you know, make my heart sing. Thank you so much. And I, I, love them. I wish I could reply on them, but you can't. But no, I do see them and read them and I try to share them. And they're really, really appreciated. They help keep us creators in business, so to speak, and um, help other people find us. Other like-minded witches and bitches that need to come here and hear this crazy. And so we can awaken this world. Let's go find them. So what I want you to remember for this week from this episode, though, in all seriousness, is your body as a portal, thinking of your body as this fortress, as the temple of your skin being the protection in all of these ways you are inputting into your body through your ears. What are you listening to? Is it good? Is it inspiring to you? Or is it making you feel in a negative manner? Is it taking prana from you? right? Is it taking your energy away? I was thinking about this because guess what? I really feel like I got prana through reading the Upanishads this week. It got me excited. It got me lit up, right? <laughs> like, was it possible I did get energy from using the Shreya path and not the Praya path? I think so. So just be really mindful and also of protecting yourself, your energy, your heart, mind, and soul, and your time, your time you create for me first and understanding that you do create it. You create everything in this world and to start take ownership of your castle because you want to be the queen of that bitch, don't you? All right. Until next week, my witches and bitches, slay her out. 